Welcome to the Nebraska Abilities Podcast. I'm your host, Zach, joined by my co-hosts, Nate and Andy. And we are here to talk about the absolutely wonderful win we saw from Nebraska against Indiana this weekend. Uh, Nebraska, as many people who have watched the game probably already know, Nebraska finally pulls out a Big Ten win after a bye week, to note, at 35-21 and 21 for the final score. Um, and overall, I think we've, I think the three of us have a lot of opinions, a lot of thoughts, uh, but I think, um, we can kind of speak for how Husker nation feels. I think maybe relieved and happy would be a couple of the things we'd say, but, uh, we've got a lot to talk about. So I'd like to just uh, open the floor with our awesome, I, I say awesome, I guess you guys can disagree with me offense. Uh, there was some stuff that needed cleaned up, but I think, for the most part, our offense seems to have taken a step forward. Um, you know, I, I we've mentioned this whole time that the offense, I think, is the strongest part of our uh, team. But outside of that, you know, they definitely took a step forward in that they they came into their their identity. I think this weekend. Now, of course, the question that I think lingers for a lot of people is: this was against Indiana, so. Is Indiana really good? But I think the arguing point against that is, are we any good? We were one and three going into this game, and we lost to Georgia Southern, and Indiana was three and one. So I mean, I think I think there's quite a bit to unwrap here. But you know, with the offense, I'll pass it to Andy and see what your thoughts are. Any win is a good win, no matter how ugly it is in the Big Ten, wild, wild west that it is. Nebraska ends up tied for first in the Big Ten West right now. We'll see how long that stands. But for the moment, we can all relish in the fact that we are in first place in some sort of capacity. Uh, what kind of moral victory that is for you, that's up for you to decide. Um, but yes, Nebraska wins 35-21 against uh, a very not good Indiana team, despite you know how long all of last week they talked about you know, how fast this team plays, how up-tempo, how many plays they run, so on and so forth. Um, Nebraska, at the end, won the time of possession uh, 34 minutes to 24 minutes, uh, pretty much uh, somewhere around there. Uh, but I know it was a good 10 minutes of extra possession time. Um, Indiana averaged about averaged about 90 plays coming into that game uh, per game, and Nebraska held them to about 67. Um, so a huge step up for just the – team overall especially the defense um that was just a very big morale boost and confidence boost for the entire team but especially the defense after being thrashed uh the past four games essentially just on defense um but i know all game that we had talked about just mickey had talked about all about last week just slowing the team down getting back to just the basics of running the ball getting good consistent offensive drives um and we should we saw that saturday um we know Mark Whipple Staple is coming out of any any game, any first half, any uh, first half of any game, and just scripting the offense so well to score. Came right out of the gates on our first offensive drive, scored. Um, I think that was about three plays. Um, the big Trey Palmer catch over the middle, and then Oliver Martin scoring at the end of that drive. Um, just again, Mark Whipple showing us that he's just he's very good at scripting games and making adjustments either going into the game or out of half. 
Um, not so much of the third quarter of this game. Uh, off Both offenses uh, kind of sputtered for uh, the third quarter of that game. But I do think overall uh, just a huge, huge confidence boost for the team and especially the offense. Um, line, as we saw, still has struggled a little bit, gave up that strip sack touchdown uh, when Chubba was in um, for one of those possessions. Nice defensive touchdown for uh, Indiana, but you know, just the, the constant holding calls and we can talk about, you know, how flag happy the big 10 crew is. And I think they said on the broadcast, it was the most penalized big 10 game this year so far. So, you know, if you don't want to talk about officiating, you still, that comes down to coaching and just being able to coach those kids uh, the right way to block on offense. And I do think as we still seen that, and, you know, even Casey got sacked a couple of times, but just the offensive line is still uh, and a, like just a liability uh, in terms of pass blocking. I do think run blocking, they did a lot better this game. Um, you know, we ended up with 115 total rushing yards. Um, Anthony Grant had 136. So if you're wondering why that difference is, college football counts sacks as rushing yards. So Casey had like negative, what, 50 yards rushing or something like that. <laughs> But he had a touchdown, um, so that you just take that into account. But I mean, Anthony Grant just as we I think are going forward on this podcast now as we are going to call him Anthony Grant and nothing else, um, as we have all agreed to because he is that dude. Um, and Trey Palmer again had an excellent game for the offense, um, just being Casey's go-to receiver, knowing that if you need a play, if you need a big catch, Trey Palmer is going to be there for Casey and the offense. Um, so I do think that this is, if you give Casey and you, you give him a lot of time to make those plays, you can see why getting talent out of the transfer portal can work for you. If you can come together as a team and, you know, run your play successfully. I mean, there's just, there's so many positives to take away from just how that game went offensively. But, uh, with that, we'll go to Nate for just a couple quick offensive points. We'll kind of dive deeper into just a couple specific uh, offensive drives. Yeah, there. no, I was really, I mean, as a whole, impressed with how the just overall team looked, offense, defense. I mean, special teams, he had their moments. But, uh, yeah, just kind of focusing on the offense. O-line still gives me fits, uh, especially pass protection. It seems like it's going to be our kind of Achilles heel, if you will. It seems like we're able to get pretty good blocks for the run, but then in protecting Casey, it was just kind of shown time and time again that we're still going to struggle with that. And so that is something that is a little uncertain for me, but, you know, I think Casey is kind of grown up in front of our eyes here, if you will, and willing to take some of those hits, but, uh, learn how to kind of avoid pressure and make smarter plays as well. Um, even if the uh, game script isn't necessarily going his way. And so that is uh, something I really like to see. And then Anthony Grant <laughs> can't not mention it. <laughs> Guy is just carrying the team quite literally on his back. And so it's, it's just impressive to see him run. He's a stout guy can run over guys can just, make those jump cuts and pull something out of nowhere. And it's just really impressive to see. Uh, I know in the uh, press conference today, Mickey was talking about Anthony Grant and how uh, Florida state wanted him 
back, I think. And <laughs> we mm-hmm. we kind of won that one. We, yep. we said no. <laughs> they I said think we they... can all agree that was probably good that he wants to stay here too. <laughs> like we'll take that. We'll definitely yep. take that. But no, he was the top uh, guy coming out of junior college, and so we kind of won that. <laughs> and thankfully, we did because I don't know where our offense would be without him. So it's been <laughs> quite quite fun to see him play. And I think another point that uh, I did forget to mention that during that post game presser um, that Mickey had talked about that uh, kind of the first half and second half of Anthony Grant that the first half you know he did have some good runs but there weren't a lot of good runs because uh, Anthony would just take the ball and then just hit the hole immediately and not kind of wait for the hole to either open up or wait for the play to develop. Um, so he pulled them aside at halftime, told him kind of slow the game down. Um, Cause I, I did notice that in the second half, there were a couple times where like he would take the ball and he would kind of hesitate to hit the hole. And in my mind, I'm sitting there like, you gotta, you gotta get the ball and you just got to hit the hole or else it's going to close. So Mickey said after the game that he told him to kind of slow it down, just let the play develop and then you can hit your hole. Um, and especially that last touchdown drive that they have, uh, he carried the ball eight times. I mean, that was just an offensive clinic of what you should do for an offensive drive. But just seeing that, you know, Anthony Grant can make those adjustments mid game of, okay, what am I doing wrong in the first half? What do I need to do better in the second half? Um, which is really impressive of how much he's developed. It just, at Nebraska, at least within the first five games already. Yeah, no, and definitely, I mean, the 32 carries that we gave him in this game shows how much that we mm-hmm. believe and trust, believe in and trust Anthony Grant to uh, do what he does. And then, obviously, gotta talk about Trey Palmer too. <laughs> eight, I think he had what eight catches for. 157. 157. Yeah. yeah, and I mean. <laughs> Some big plays. I mean, obviously the touchdown was huge, but I mean, he had that uh, big catch in the first quarter you uh, talked about earlier as well that mm-hmm. set us up for that Oliver Martin touchdown. And he just, he really seems like our go-to guy whenever we need, uh, you know, a third down conversion or a big play to spark our offense. He's a guy that we can go to pretty consistently. And that is, I feel like something we haven't had at least for a while uh, at Susquehanna Nation. So it's really, really nice to see that We've got someone a little more reliable that uh, we can get the ball to. And so, obviously, in tandem with that, Casey is Casey <laughs> slinging the ball around. Uh, <laughs> there were a couple times, um, still, I just don't understand exactly if it's a confidence thing, but like at the start of the game, he's just throwing these pinpoint passes to Trey Palmer or Oliver Martin. You know, he's throwing them right where the receiver can catch him. But then um, a few other times, especially later in the game, I don't know if it was maybe because he was hurt a little bit, but uh, I know that interception he underthrew pretty heavily uh, in the third mm-hmm. quarter. And there were a couple other passes just like that that kind of make you scratch your head after seeing the <laughs> all those really pretty passes. See, and I, and I wonder that too, because there was one play specifically, it was like a nice bootleg where uh the receiver goes just like five seven yards to the sticks and casey like threw it at yeah. his feet uh i mean he had a wide open guy and he just threw it at his feet and i was like that like it, and that's you know what we kind of saw during northwestern just too is like first half casey and second half casey were like two different people now obviously he you know that was just one play it didn't happen the rest of the game but 
it's like those kind of throws. It's like, you know, was he just tired? Is it just after he got hit or like, it's just, is it something that he just needs to like, maybe just settle down and not rush his throws too much type thing. But yeah, there were a couple passes in the second half. They're just like, like you said, just make your head scratch and you just don't know if that's just after he gets hit or if he just needs to slow down, let things develop. But yeah, it's kind of like a common theme of first half Casey and second half Casey. I mean, he didn't throw it as much as Indiana did not 44 passes like Indiana did, but still it's, it's just something to like, just to keep an eye on of, you know, or is he just rushing throws? Um, Coincidentally, that interception was also off of bootlegs. Maybe we just don't run bootlegs anymore <laughs> with Casey. But, but yeah, back to your point. Yeah, no, I, I think it might just come down to yeah, confidence mindset kind of thing where our team is just kind of still trying to learn how to play all four quarters, and that could also just be a little part of it. Where I don't know, could just be little mental lapses here and there, you know can't necessarily fault him for that still learning things taking on uh kind of learning the ropes and everything so i think he's gonna keep growing Mm -hmm. and ideally as we keep digging deeper and deeper into big 10 play i think we're gonna see a pretty pretty impressive guy by the iowa game i think so (laughs) my bold prediction i guess (laughs) but with that i'll go ahead and uh, pass it over to zach for sure uh, for me, I think one of the big key takeaways, or a couple of the big key takeaways, uh, this isn't just necessarily specific offense. It's just kind of as a team overall. Uh, one was the bye week obviously was helpful. Uh, I don't think anybody could argue that the bye week was a huge help. And <laughs> Mickey Joseph got his first bye week uh, coming off of a bye week win. Uh, and I don't remember, we were talking about it. I don't think Scott either. 2017 with Mike Riley was so, the last time that Nebraska won so after yeah, a bye week. Scott never, Scott did, it. never did it. And so, I mean, I, I mean, I know that we played Indiana, and again, that, that point I don't think will ever not ring true to people, but I think it's a testament to how much the team seems to have bought in to Mickey Joseph. Even if he doesn't become the head coach, he's the head coach now, and they're taking that as gospel, basically. They're saying, he's our head coach, we need to believe in him. And he seems to have gotten the team to play as a whole unit uh specifically speaking and this goes to kind of the point i think of what you guys were talking about with casey the first half second half uh you know we make adjustments now or we did at least we didn't hardly ever see that in the past three four years and we were always like well why is it that you know all these other teams in the big 10 can make adjustments and we can't ever seem to do it well you know, I think we might have our answer for that now, but it seems mm-hmm. like the that we're actually taking in like what our offense and defense is and what they're seeing and making those adjustments. And you you could see it in the offense. You know, we sputtered hard in that second quarter, um, and I'm not going to say we throw lights out in the third quarter by any means. Uh, but comparison, I mean, my assumption, as always with a head coach of a football team, is that they go in and yell at the team at halftime. I don't know if that's what happened, but. My, I am always just wondering, like, did Mickey just go in and just light him up and just, you know, let him know his thoughts? Um, and maybe he did, but it seems that it obviously worked because we came out in the second half and we finished the game. And I know that I think I said it to both of us or all of us at one time in the group chat. Um, if Scott was still in that situation 
for that game at halftime, I would have bet 99% that Scott would have lost the game, but Mickey didn't. Mm-hmm. And it's there. It's you, you can just kind of tell, or at least I thought I could, that there was just a different energy about the team. And to me, that was huge. Like, I feel somewhat hopeful again about Nebraska football. I'm ready to be hurt mm-hmm. again. I am, I think. <laughs> but, you know, I'm, I'm sitting here kind of nervous about it, but I think, I think I'm ready to, you know, be, be, become a big Nebraska fan again and not hope for the worst, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, I would also like to point and put this on the record for myself that, uh, yes, I did predict that Indiana would win, and I'm happy that I was wrong. So <laughs> I'll take that. Um, but, I mean, you know, beyond that, I think the other thing is that it just seems like uh, – it also seems like Mickey's doing a really good job, especially on the offense – um, that he's doing a really good job of finding people who fit uh, the best player, that the best guy up mentality, or have shown that they are the best one for that position. I mean, Ben Hart got benched this week, and uh, he didn't play. I mean, I think he played, but he didn't play nearly as much as he has been. And that was a decision that I was honestly happy to see because he has been a real sore spot for me uh, watching that offensive line the past few weeks. So, again, our O-line is still not great. I'm not going to deny that, but it was definitely, you could tell it was definitely better. It also seemed like the people that were being put in these positions were also, you know, playing with more passion because this was their chance to show what they had. And I think they did really well. Another case in point was, um, we, you know, we know Manthony Grant is still running back number one. <laughs> But we don't know who exactly mm-hmm. is the clear number two. And personally speaking, I think that's a plenty fine problem to have uh, because mm-hmm. Irvin and Yant uh, both played in that our running back two spot and they both played well. And it looks like they were split in time pretty evenly. Um, and I don't know. I don't know if yeah, this was ever specifically said in that way, but I'm wondering if that's just kind of the mentality that Mickey has overall is just if someone's not doing their job or if there's a point where he thinks there are people that can do um, that can do good work, that he's going to he's going to put them in and give them a chance. He said it multiple times now in his press conferences that you know players need game reps. You can't you can't just constantly practice and expect them to always be the greatest thing until they get mm-hmm. in the game and, and do it. You know you can practice all you want, but until you get in the game and actually do it, you're not going to get that full experience needed. Uh, that goes that goes forward with you know the other thing that I thought uh, that was a really good quote from him today in his press conference was the side of a good team is those who can move forward and so obviously we're happy about the win but we got to look forward and I think that ties into when uh, specifically on the offense Casey got pulled out for that one drive. <laughs> Obviously, at, at the time in the stadium, I was like, "Oh crap! If we have to play with Chuba and or Logan the rest of this game, who we've only seen Chuba just that one part, and we've seen Logan maybe I think during the Northwestern game for that one yep. play. That, that's mm-hmm. it, though. I was like, if we have to play with them the rest of this game, and our defense is obviously we now know our defense probably could have held their own. It gave us a chance, but." I, at the time when that when that happened, it was either first or second quarter still. And I'm like, oh, here we go. This is 
this is the undoing offense is going to sputter the rest of the game and we're going to lose. And I mean, I think, you know, we found out, I think it was today or maybe after on uh, the game on Saturday. I don't remember which one exactly, but Mickey, I think he said it. Yeah, both times. that sounds right. Mickey came out and said, or no, mm-hmm. Casey, I think said it on, on Saturday and then Mickey reaffirmed it today or whatever. doesn't yeah. matter. But basically that he pulled him out and said, Hey, you know, watch from the sidelines, see what we're seeing because you might, be you know like they might be trying to do something that you can't see in there which is mm-hmm. which sounds weird and i'm probably goofing that quote up but <laughs> it's the same idea the idea yeah. is that he was pulling him out to one just give him a chance to watch just watch without being under pressure which i thought was fantastic and was also quoted as something that tom osborne did and i know how much husker fans adore tom osborne i get it But, um, you know, I, I, this all whole long point that I'm making really just comes down to at least for offense and we'll get to defense that they all look like they made the adjustments when they needed to, the team just looked to be better. And I think it comes down to the fundamental changes that we've seen being made in the last two to three weeks. Again, I, I mean, the, we can sit here and talk about the offense, you know, over and over again and all not all what, but the whole team mm-hmm. just looked different. And I thought that was great, but I've spoken long enough on that. Um, I'll <laughs> give it to Andy. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, it kind of wraps up the first half of just, you know, we thought that going up 21, seven defense kind of gives it away again. Um, and Mickey had said that today at his press conference as well as they didn't do enough job good enough job closing out the first half um, when they had the ball back with 21, 14. Um, Cause in my mind, I'm sitting there thinking, yes, you get the ball, you either get a field goal or you get a touchdown and you get the ball back in half um, score again. And you could, you know, push this out to a three score game by the third quarter already. Instead, they punt, get the ball back to Indiana. Indiana comes down, scores tied at halftime. And then kind of at that moment, I'm just sitting there. I'm like, oh, this is, this is just how, what we do. You know, you start strong, but then you just you can't finish. Um, definitely felt that way throughout the third quarter. Um, only notable thing um, that happened on offense was just the the I, the interception after the Luke Reimer. Yeah, the yeah Casey's interception after the Luke Reimer interception back to back plays. Um, in the moment, I like the idea that if you can run that play like a minute after the interception happens, that's a great. The fact that there was the injury timeout and the TV timeout, you know, that's like a five minute span there that you're just kind of waiting to get your offense back out there. You kind of lose that momentum from the interception. Um, And obviously, as we saw, Casey bootleg, you know, chuck it deep, intercepted at the one yard line. Thankfully, the defense stopped on three plays later. But that's just one of those things like that. And that time, you know, you just got to realize that, okay, you kind of lost the momentum. You finally get the ball back after, you know, the first huge stop on defense in terms of turnovers um, just kind of run the ball. See, cause they were already in pretty good field position already um, even for a field goal. So to kind of give that away, just squatted a chance, but um, going into the fourth quarter you know, after the Trey Palmer touchdown, you know, I, I was happy, but you know, just as with Nebraska football, the past few years, it, it really more than that, but you just, you never feel comfortable with any sort of lead trying to close out a game because this team has never been able to do it before. Um, so that last touchdown drive uh, with the Casey Thompson run, I mean, that was a 12 play six minute drive. And that's what Mickey had preached all of last week was being able to slow down the game, being able to just run the clock, 
you know, sustain drives, get first downs, keep drives going. And that drive was just like a perfect example of what they did. Um, Anthony Grant ran it for eight times, got a lot of those first downs. Um, like I said, Casey Thompson with the touchdown. But I mean, that's just that's huge to knock off six minutes in the fourth quarter. Um, almost almost half of half the quarter, essentially, um, just on that one drive and to not give Indiana a chance, because I think we had it with like 11 something and we give it back to them with like maybe just about six and a half minutes left or so. Um, and to be up two scores at that point, um, you just really felt good for your offense to be able to do that, that kind of drive during a game that, you know, Mickey said he wanted to happen and it finally happened for this team. They were able just to finally close out a game to where we've all seen in the past is any sort of lead that you get in the fourth quarter, the team was just never able to close it out. So that's just a huge confidence morale boost for the offense, the entire team, um, especially with Mickey, be able to preach and do what he says that we've never seen that with Scott notably before, um, just to be able to do what he says all week. And I think that was one of my favorite things about the entire offense. Um, obviously touchdowns are good, but I just, everything about that drive was what you want in an offense trying to either close out a game or close out a half. Um, it's just to be able to work and pound the clock until you score eventually and give the other team no hope to get the ball back and score. Um, but with that, I think Nate, you can pass it on to you for any either uh, final wrap up on offense, or you can just dive right into the defense if you want to. Okay. Yeah, no. So my, I guess final <clears throat> thoughts on offense are just overall pretty good. I was pretty impressed with, I mean, aside from a couple offensive line issues still, I was pretty impressed with the, the entire offense they had. Oh, yeah. I guess we could talk about the back-to-back unsportsmanlike oh, conduct yes. penalties on Turner to get ejected. <laughs> Do we really need to? I mean, that was just, no, that was just was... stupid. Let's just, you know. I've never... <laughs> Unless there was a big brawl fight, I don't know the last time I've ever seen an offensive lineman get ejected from a game. Yep. <laughs> Definitely wouldn't be for targeting. I don't even know how much of a punch that was either. It was kind of a little smack. That's that what accidentally I said. Hit him in the face. <laughs> like that's totally a weak call. But yeah. I guess I, I guess I can yeah. see it. <laughs> Fine. So, yep, that happened. Uh, who was it? Brandt came in, I think, for him, and. He played really well. I know Casey mentioned, or I don't know if he tweeted or mentioned in a press conference that he was. Just, he said that he uh, came up to Brandt after the game, I think, and just congratulated him and said he did a really good job stepping in for Turner. And so he was, he was, you know, win favor with the quarterback. That's a impressive. That's a good thing to do. So I know Casey actually said he was going to be taking out all of his offensive linemen for uh, dinner this week too. So. <laughs> You know, he, he took some hits, but he was overall pretty pleased with their performance. And I mean, there I was got a very scared after I think it was like the sec the second time that he went down, quote unquote down. But the one that like it looked like he landed on his shoulder. Yeah. yeah. And that was like, oh, if that's like a broken collarbone, like you're done. Yep. <laughs> like AJ Allen. Yep. Um, but I mean it was good to see that, you know. For where my seats were, like I could see the medical tent, and I saw him go in. And when he came back out with his helmet on, I was like, "Oh, my heart just like was so relieved <laughs> that he came back out." But 
yeah, I know, like you said, yeah, Casey took his lumps, but thankfully, you know, nothing serious, at least that we know about. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I know that was another thing that uh, Mickey said in his presser today was that he was really impressed with just the toughness that Casey was showing and just the the overall, you know, he took the hits and for the most part, he just hopped right back up and kept chugging along. And so he's really praised Casey's toughness as, uh, you know, physically and just kind of mentally as a leader as well. And so that's... That was good to good to see, good to hear. And so I guess just going into defense, the things that really stood out to me were especially um, that fourth quarter where we only had them or only let them run 12 plays, <laughs> Indiana. Um, and I think what you said, they were averaging around 90 plays, I believe, per yeah. game. <laughs> I mean, if I mean, if you just watch that game of just obviously their offense is entirely up tempo. Mm-hmm. I mean, rarely did they ever huddle. Um, not, I don't remember a time that they did huddle, unless it was after like a timeout or anything. But I mean, that the entire offense was uh, up tempo, and it's not. I was as that game went along, they took a couple deep shots, but it was also like similar to Georgia Southern, where they would just dink like little dink plays was their entire offensive identity. It wasn't they're hitting slants, 15, 20 yard slants, every other player, you know, 30 yard vert vertical routes. They were just, you know, a lot of screens, a lot of motion, just a lot of underneath throws that, you know, you can run 90 plays. If you get five yards of play, just doing underneath passes or running the ball like that. But once, once I saw that from their offense, I'm like, okay, I can see why they run 90 plays now. It's because they do all these little, all these little underneath passes or runs that, I mean, get the chains moving if you're getting five yards to pop off them. But yeah, that, like you said, Nate, huge for the defense just to allow them to like basically like three, three and outs in the fourth quarter. And that was it. Yeah. And especially down the stretch, that's, that's where you want to finish strong. You want to be, you know, in that position where you can rely on your defense and, you know, I think they, they stepped up when we really needed them to. And that was really, really impressive to see. And that kind of led into the, um, time of possession battle that we won actually <laughs> which i mean i suppose if they're running up tempo you would in theory should be winning that but i mean it just goes to show that our defense was able to stop them when they needed to and right yeah it's not like oklahoma we're like i think we won the time of possession against oklahoma but oklahoma you know would run those big pop-off touchdown plays or anything like that so mm-hmm. it's not like indiana was doing that either yeah yep and yeah, on the flip side, our, our offense was also, you know, taking some time off the clock. So that was really good to see. And then I'll just go ahead and briefly touch on, you know, my guy for the defense, Garrett Nelson. <laughs> Boy, do we love Gosh, him. Yep. Just brings all that excitement, all that energy to the team. You can tell he just loves being out there, loves uh, just playing the game of football. And He's just a guy being a dude. Yeah. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I did really watch him as like it. he'd get a tackle or something and he'd start hyping the crowd up, which mm-hmm. <laughs> Mickey touched on too. He was like, I had to tell him like, go get lined up, go get lined up because they kept running <laughs> tempo, which was, which right. was just hilarious to me. He's like so pumped up, which is great. You want to see that in your team, but it's also just like <laughs> get pumped up, but like, you know, do it later. <laughs> go get lined <laughs> <Right>. up. <laughs> There's still a game going on, man. <laughs> no, it's, it's great to see, you know, 
homegrown kid out of Scott's Bluff there, just leading, kind of spearheading some of that defense. And uh, good to see him having some big plays and keeping the team kind of enthusiastic and within the moment. And so it's really, really a joy to watch him play. So with that, I guess I'll uh, go ahead and throw it over to Zach for some of his thoughts on the defense. Yeah. You know, I was impressed with the defense, and I don't know how long it's been since I've said that, you know, I guess prior to last year. But this, the defense, it's it's conflicting because everybody's always like, well, Indiana wasn't that good, but neither was Georgia Southern, and Georgia Southern put up 45 points on us or 48 or whatever it was. I don't remember off the top of my head. So 45. So, you know, I, I'm still not buying fully the argument that Indiana – was a worse team than Georgia Southern in the, in the fact that, you know, we still, we still were able to stop them when we needed to. Uh, And going back to the adjustments point that I had made earlier, we had, they had scored, they being Indiana had scored 21 points in the first half. The second half, they didn't score any. So whatever the adjustments were made or whatever the conversations were had or both or whatever, obviously made a difference. And, that was the other thing that uh, this goes into the whole team again, but specifically I know there were a couple times where they showed Bill Bush um, not like yelling at his players, but heatedly or like, you know, definitely talking to his players about, you know, here's what you need to do. I, I mean, obviously I didn't know what he was saying, but they were definitely talking about something or, you know, here's what you need to do or you were close. You know, he was helping his players get better as the game went on. I'm not saying we never saw that from the previous coaching staff, but it's really nice to see just a lot of a passion and heart being put into coaching these kids. And I think that was kind of the the key fire, at least for the defense, is that, you know, we finally saw that they can do it. And they finally told themselves, hey, we can do this, and then proved it. Also, something that I don't know if we touched on, it turns out live tackling really does help in practice. (laughs) I saw a statistic, I think it was tweeted out by Sean Callahan, that we averaged 13.75 missed tackles coming into the game at Indiana. And we had like, I think it was six. I think it was six, yeah. Six or six and a half or something like that. We literally cut our missed tackles in half. And I know, Nate, we were hanging out for the weekend, and we even said like a few of the missed tackles you know, I'm sure they were counted as such, but they made sense just because it was the guy that had the ball, you know, had a better angle and was able to make the Thanks guy miss. Good play. Like yeah. there was, there were a couple that you were like, Oh, come on. You can't miss that tackle. But most of them, I remember at least in my head thinking, okay, yeah. I mean, <laughs> you don't really fully sometimes expect the guy to always make that tackle. You want him to, and you definitely want that number to be lower than 13 missed tackles a game. But we did it. And I mean, you know, that's, I think the defense took a huge step forward, if nothing else, in confidence. And I think that's going to be huge going forward. Plus, we also saw some, we saw, you know, some other different people coming in and playing in spots. Uh, I know Tommy Hill didn't play nearly as much. Um, I just had his name pulled up and I forgot what his name was. I feel really bad now. Uh, what was that Malcolm? Yes, Hardzog. You know, he, mm-hmm. he came in and I think he, he played either in place of Tommy Hill or close to or whatever. He had a really mm-hmm. good game. Um, I mean, obviously, he had a really good game because I think I saw he got freshman of the week in the Big Ten, or at least for Nebraska or something. Yep. So, mm-hmm. you know, 
again, I, I don't necessarily think our defense is going to be a barn burner defense the rest of the year, but two, two points to remember is that this is the same defense that got hounded by Georgia Southern also got hounded by Northwestern who hasn't won. Well, who did not win a game going into week this week after they beat us. And, you know, just because the Indiana team isn't that great, we still did it. It's still a Big Ten team, and no Big Ten team, I think, can be overlooked at this point. And so I, I think they lost. That... Going back to the Georgia Southern point, because I just looked up who they played this weekend. They lost to yeah. Coastal Carolina, another another coach that's on the rumored yeah. Nebraska trade mill, <laughs> oh, Jimmy Chadwell, <laughs> or Jamie Chadwell. <laughs> but I, I, I mean – you know, that's kind of my whole point is you guys really touched on the, the key points, I think. But I think I think our defense took a, and I say monumental step forward for them. You know, we're not going to again, we're not going to we're not going to completely shut out the rest of the teams we play or anything like that. But I think this I think the way the defense played, I think the way the whole team played will carry into next week or I sorry, this week, I guess, into Friday. And we'll, you know, if if we can win against Rutgers as well, I think we've got a real good chance of seeing a lot of momentum build, which I think we've always said was one of the big issues with the Scott Frost era is that if he could just win a couple in a row and, you know, gain that momentum, we might finally shift the corner. By no means am I saying we're going to shift some wild corner here this the rest of this year either, but I guess I'm also not going to say it's not possible, mm-hmm. but... You know, I think I think the defense and the offense, now that we've touched on both of them, I think were infinitely more fun to watch just total. And I was not feeling the same sense of dread that I felt in every other game uh, after coming out of halftime once we got once we got, you know, going a little bit. Um, so with that, I think we'll finish up and I'll just kind of go into special teams since special mm-hmm. teams is a pretty short list here because. They did really well outside of one shanked punt. Our punting was very good. Mm-hmm. And, of course, we cannot talk about special teams without talking about the blocked punt and the touchdown that came from that. That was an incredible play. Huge momentum swing. Absolutely. And, uh, it, I mean, again, special teams, there's not a whole lot to talk about, but I do th- <laughs> You can definitely tell there's been improvement. You, mm-hmm. This is not the same special teams unit we had last year. Uh, it's really nice to have the special teams unit come onto the field and not go every time because you're so nervous right. of what's going to happen. And so it's really nice to be able to see that we have a special teams unit that put you know is able to put a pretty competent you know unit on the field. They're not perfect. And I don't, I'm not going to ever expect them to be perfect because it's football. That never really happens, I don't think, other than, you know, your miraculous games. But I, I don't have anything too much else to say about the special teams. So, Andy, what you got? Yeah. So, obviously, you know, just the first, first blocked punt and returned for a touchdown for Nebraska since 2009. So, I mean, that was just, it just shows you how much of, Either past coaching staffs haven't really, you know, tried to emphasize special teams too much. Not that very many teams get blocked punch for touchdowns anyways, but um, it just it was wild to think over a decade that, you know, that's the last time Nebraska blocked a punt and returned it for a touchdown 
where Iowa did it against us last year <laughs> type thing. And they had one this year too. So um, it's just kind of, it's nice to see that special teams is getting that confidence. Um, you know, just, I would still like to see, and Trey Palmer is a really good player. I'm, you know, still hesitant of like, you know, if you keep putting him out there for punt returns or kick returns and he gets hurt, you know, it's just kind of one less reason to put your star talented wide receiver on, you know, your first team special teams kicking or returning punts. But he's gaining a lot more confidence, at least with punt returning, knowing when to take it, you know, looking really good taking those punt returns. But I, I still think that's going to come with time and with coaching of when to take it, you know just getting more confidence and uh, taking out those uh, punt and kickoffs essentially there. But yeah, there's, like you said, Zach, not much to talk about with uh, special teams. I no longer hold my breath on field goals anymore. So it's really nice to have. I think it's definitely a good thing that there's not a whole lot to talk about. Usually yeah. special teams is always the one that you'd point to, to be like, that was the issue. Now I don't right. think we can say that too much. No. And that's uh, just going back with kind of like an overall point of, I mean, we could talk about the penalties and, you know, was it really the refs? Was it really Nebraska? Um, Mickey had addressed that today as, you know, if you're going to be a physical team, either on offense or on defense, you're going to have penalties. And I think that comes back to them coaching is, yeah, you want to be an aggressive team, but this is how you be aggressive while still playing kind of within the rules. Um, and I do think, you know, with defense, especially like pass interference, defensive holding calls, um, that's just that's going to come with time with coaching with Bill and some of the younger guys that you put in there. Um, those mistakes are going to happen because they're young players. Um, but I do think, obviously, however many penalties for 111 yards is ridiculous. But that's that's one of the things that Mickey preaches. Like, if you want to be an aggressive offensive, a defensive team, like you're going to have those kind of mistakes and those kind of penalties. It's just how much can your defense step up from that mistake and stop them on the next play, you know? Are you going to let it break you or are you going to, you know, come back together, forget, forget that play, get back, get the stop on this next play type thing. Um, so I do think that's, that is one of my favorite things that Mickey addresses is like, you literally taking it one game at a time, one play at a time type thing. That's his mentality is, yeah, you made a stupid mistake on this play. This is what you do. Go back out there. Don't do it again. Type thing. Um, it's just, I don't know how much of that we saw from Scott of kind of in-game coaching of when a player makes a mistake, pulling him off, telling him what they did wrong and sending it back out there with the right adjustment type thing. Um, I know just looking over from the sideline um, after some of those penalties, I mean, Mickey was getting in their face yelling um, type thing, which, you know, take that however you want your coach to be. But, you know, he's acknowledging that, hey, you can't do this again. Um, this is what you do to fix it now. We need you back out there. Go do that type of uh, do the correctly the next time. Um, but that's what that's what I love about Mickey and just how he wants to clean up all these little mental mistakes, things that are very fixable with coaching um, for this team going forward. But yeah, so I think with that, Nate, uh, we can either just kind of roll right into just the short week. Uh, we have Rutgers coming up on Friday night here now. Yeah, no, so we've, like you mentioned, we got Rutgers Friday night. What time is Six o'clock. Six o'clock. I wish it was seven, but, you know, whatever. <laughs> I feel like six o'clock way too early. Yeah, that's interesting timing on that, but, you know, it'll be 
it'll be something <laughs> over in uh, New Jersey, over in Piscataway. So that'll be, I know they're traveling on Thursday to make it out there by Friday or mm-hmm. for Friday. And so uh, definitely a really short week. And Mickey touched on that in his press conference today. I know he was talking about they had to shorten uh, different reps and move things around uh, practice wise to compensate for that. So, I mean, good news is Rutgers isn't like coming off a bye week or anything. They're coming off a thrashing against Ohio State. Yeah, they're coming off a thrashing (laughs) from Ohio State. 49-10, yeah. So their confidence probably won't be too high. But, I mean, again, a team you don't want to necessarily overlook because uh, (laughs) we've seen how the past four games prior to indiana have gone and so <laughs> don't want can't, to necessarily assume can't overlook yet. any big 10 team especially yep. when you're nebraska if you're ohio state probably but we're not ohio state yeah not yet <laughs> not yet <laughs> <laughs> but it should be should be interesting i know uh i'm excited for this one it'll be i don't know weird on a friday i just can't get over that part i'm sorry i (laughs) but when we were doing like our i thought this would be like a trap game yeah when i first looked at this game i'm like oh man there's like you could be going to this game four and one or like five and oh theoretically too obviously we know what happened then but i was like i was looking at that i'm like man if this team goes in there four and one five and oh i mean you're gonna be so much confidence but this screams trap game yep but luckily, no, I mean, we we do have some semblance of confidence. We we beat a decent Indiana team. We, I mean, by fourteen, we covered the spread, <laughs> which is something we haven't been able to say all year. First yet. time all year. <laughs> or we might have did it against North Dakota. One of the two. No. no. Maybe I don't know. But either way, I know for sure we did it one time this year. Yep. I'm that not confident that we did it against North Dakota. Not because I, I pay that I think much that was attention. a twenty two point spread. Yeah. Not as I say, not because I don't pay that much attention, just because I don't think we did it. <laughs> no. I yeah, I think that that might have been like the twenty one or twenty two point spread after the Northwestern game and I was like, What? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I think just looking at uh this game you're you're hoping we get some momentum from the indiana game we ended the game on a strong note which is good to see you know it wasn't uh crossing our fingers that they miss a field goal at the end of the game to win it it was a pretty dominant showing uh towards the end of the fourth quarter there on both sides of the ball and so that'll be should be a a confidence booster for us going into Rutgers. hopefully um i think It'll be good game. I don't, did, what is the spread? Is it three? Well, it's Two whatever minutes? bookie you want to go with, I okay. suppose. When I looked at ESPN <laughs> just before we started tonight, it was at minus three for Nebraska. It's essentially three. a pick 'em yeah. game. So it's whatever bookie you go with is the spread you get. So there's not like a common spread for this game, which yeah. is terrifying. Because <laughs> Vegas doesn't even accurate. know what's going to happen. Yeah. <laughs> but they've, I mean,. Their only notable win is against Boston College. I'm not entirely sure how good Boston College is, but I don't think they're uh, they're two and three. I do believe so. So they have not done well either. Okay, yeah, and then they beat Wagner and Temple, but then they came into Big Ten play and have started to falter. So I think 
think it'll be interesting, but I think uh, it'll be a good good game for Nebraska. But I'll go ahead and pass it over to Zach before we get into any predictions just yet. Sure. I mean, it's the same thing I said with Indiana. It's a Big Ten game. No game can be overlooked, especially for Nebraska. And Rutgers, you know, I would argue is on the same level as us. I think, you know, we're still – we're all battling. All our teams are battling to to be better and be good. And we had a good start against Indiana, and we hope we can roll in and take care of business on Friday and get some momentum. That's what I want to see. Um, you know, I'm excited to see how we play against Rutgers. Are we going to see a possible, you know, revenge game from Noah Vedral? We will see, I guess. <laughs> um, Not unless Scott's somewhere up in the upper deck, just <laughs> overlooking. <laughs> hey, I mean, we probably we probably can't rule that out, but I'm going to guess he's not going to be there. But no, I I'm excited for this game. Outside of it being on a Friday at six, but whatever. You know, um, a good note that I was looking up today is that. Um, they're, they're being Rutgers, their top receiver, uh, Kruik Shank will be out for the first half of the game because he got ejected on a, uh, looks like a fake punt from Ohio state in the fourth quarter that they um, were not happy about. Yeah. They weren't happy. You know? And Kruik Shank <laughs> decided he wanted to, um, pull a Turner Corcoran and, uh, get ejected. <laughs> Uh, so we too have... soon question mark. <laughs> <laughs> never forget, never forget. Uh, so I think it'll be really key for us to take advantage of that on the defensive side because he'll obviously be fired up and ready to play coming back that second half. Um, I mean, unless he does something to get ejected in the second by the second half too, I guess. But <laughs> I'm going to doubt that'll happen. Is that um, like uh, when hockey players come right out of the penalty box and fight again? <laughs> That would be something, but I'm, d- I'm doubting that's going to happen unless we try to pull a fake punt. But I'm pretty sure uh, fancy special teams things are something we probably shouldn't be doing the rest of the year unless it's absolutely necessary. I, I think we could probably table the idea of you know anything fancy when it comes to special teams. We saw how that worked out for us in game one. Maybe maybe let's just let that lie. We we Anything that says onside in any other playbook should yep. just be scribbled out. Even if we need an onside in the fourth quarter, they should call it something different than an onside. <laughs> Kick, not to them. Um, <laughs> no, I'm just I'm I'm just uh, comparing the two teams too here. Um, just up to this point, uh, Nebraska has 31.4 points per game, and Rutgers only has 24.8, and that is taking into account Rutgers. Uh, playing who they played with Boston College, Temple, and I don't remember who the third one you said was. Wagner, sixty-six to seven. Wagner. They won that one too. Right. So I mean, you know, I again, Rutgers is not a team that we can overlook by any means. But I think, I think with the steam that Nebraska gained for momentum this last week, uh, I think this game is going to be a lot of fun to watch. Uh, their defense is also. Well, their defense is pretty, uh, pretty stout. they the yards allowed. Well, I guess I'm comparing to us, which isn't a real fair comparison because those first <laughs> few games are pretty rough. Uh, but according to this, they've only allowed 95 rush yards per uh, game, which, you know, I mean that takes. I assume this takes into account uh, the Ohio State game too. That's I'm looking that up right now. <clears throat> I just want to see what that what those splits were like. And so if, I mean, if that's the case, you know, we've got Anthony Grant, who also 
I saw a stat today that in the <clears throat> in the first six weeks so far, or five weeks or whatever we're at, um, Anthony Grant in those in the five games that we've had has more rushing yards than all of our running backs last year had at the end of the year. Uh, I think Ramir Johnson led the team last year, and he and Anthony Grant has more yards than Ramir Johnson ended with last year. That's huge because two things. One, that means Anthony Grant, sorry, Manthony Grant, excuse me. There we go. Thank is you. obviously you. is obviously our running back number one, and he's really good at it. He actually reminds me very much of like an Amir Abdullah type. You know, he a solid, sturdy running back that it will get you will get you probably four to five yards pretty pretty handedly. Uh, but the other side of that is one of the concerns I think we had was, you know, the Big Ten, you have to be a somewhat of a running game. And we brought in Mark Whipple, who was known for his passing game. Clearly, he, seems, he sees some uh, uh, use case for a running back. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, I, you know, I, I think I think this game will be interesting in the sense that will we be able, will our offense, who's been probably the best it's been, you know, in the last couple games outside of, you know, how bad Oklahoma trounced us. I, I think uh, I think Nebraska can pull out the win, and I think it'll be fun to watch. Again, outside of it being on a Friday, but I can't control that, unfortunately. But <laughs> Andy, I will pass it over to you because I want to hear what you have to say. Yeah, so just kind of quick, uh, a quick couple of thoughts here. Um, obviously, we're going to – just looking at just the splits from – the Ohio State Rutgers game. I mean, yeah, this probably helps when most of that averages are from like the first three games of non-conference and you play against a terrible Iowa offense. So yeah, your defense is probably going to look good of not giving up a lot of points, but um, I mean, Ohio State ran for 252 total rushing yards, only passed for 161, but they were probably running the ball. So they probably didn't need to pass that much anyways, but it just looks like, you know, if you have a superior, you know, back at least, or just a good offensive push, you know, it looks like you're probably going to be able to run on Rutgers uh, for that. But that's just one of those things that I think Mickey had addressed that in the game. Uh, his press conference today, too, was, yeah, we would love to get Anthony Grant the ball, you know, 30, 40 times today. But he, he won't be able to tell you if that's how the game is going to go. The, the game flow is going to dictate how many carries Anthony Grant gets. So he might get, you know, 25 plus again, you know, he might get 15 if we get into a passing shootout type thing. Um, so I thought that was really all... cool too. Sorry yeah. to interrupt. I thought that was no. really cool <laughs> that he said, basically he's taking it off of game flow. And I think that mm-hmm. also goes with what Whipple said too, is that he goes basically on the game flow, which to me also says Mickey is saying here, Mark, do your thing. Like Mickey right. has mm-hmm. some input, I'm sure, but he's like, Hey, do your thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and like if he gets thirty plus carries a game, I mean that's obviously we're running the ball really well type thing. Um, but if he gets fifteen rushes and you got to pass more, that's just that's just how the game goes. You can't control that. So, yeah, I agree with you, Zach. I do think that was you know how he acknowledged that. Yeah, we're just we're gonna run the ball if we need to run the ball. Or we're gonna pass the ball if we need to pass the ball. Just how the game dictates it to us as well. Uh, but I would love. One of the things I just want to see is, you know, are we going to let the emotion of, you know, the win kind of carry over and can we sustain that momentum? Obviously, we saw that with Oklahoma where 
you let your emotions kind of dictate how you play and you play a great first couple of series, but then you just get thrashed ever uh, after. So, you know, you can carry emotions into the game, but you got to be able to, uh, to sustain that and sustain that momentum of either a win emotion or just the winning feeling um, all four quarters. So I'll be interested just to see the energy that the team comes out with obviously a short week too. So, for both teams. So we're going to see, you know, are guys going to be sluggish? Or are they going to be looking rough? Are we going to be slow out of the gate? Or are we going to be, you know, how we usually start with Whipple? Are we going to start fast type thing um, and score out of the first drive? Or are they going to kind of be sputtering just until they kind of pick it up again? Um, so just a lot, a lot can happen just on a short turnaround week. Um, but and hopefully... let's not also forget that Greg Schiano is actually a pretty good coach too. So yes. he's going to have yes, his players ready to go. So we can't, yes, again, yes. we can't overlook any Big Ten team. No. Yeah, I know even Mickey was talking to this presser that um, uh, Greg Schiano brings really physical teams in, regardless of how good or bad they are. They're teams that mm-hmm. will come in and kind of hit you in the mouth. Right. And so I, and we know that Mickey's going to take that mentality, get his players focused, keep their mind just on, just getting them mentally and physically ready for this game. Um, just this is the first first time for this coaching staff technically um in a while that they've had this kind of short turnaround week um so it's just it'll be just interesting just to see how the team comes out and initially looks are they going to look slow and sluggish or are they going to come out like they usually do type thing um but just one of the things i would love to see improved on defense um and i guess offense too is just you know keep the mistakes to a minimum um Obviously, with the penalties, that's one thing you can and can't control. But if you can just limit, you know, maybe three or four of those that are like the personal foul penalties, um, keep them under 15 yards type thing, kind of clean some of that up. Obviously, our offense keeping us in the game helped us a lot with Indiana. But, you know, at the same time, the offense might sputter. Defense might have to step up and control. And, you know, we get a repeat of the Indiana game. You know, I have confidence our defense can do that. But at the end of the day, uh, just hoping that they can just kind of keep the momentum, just keep how go out how they looked so far, uh, just carry all that momentum over from Indiana and just look amazing, essentially. Uh, but we'll go with predictions now with Nate and then kind of wrap up on any final college football thoughts. Um, obviously, we'll get to Rock Chalk Jayhawk being 5-0. and oh. Game day is coming to Lawrence. <laughs> but yeah, we'll go uh, prediction. So I guess I'll just give mine first. I do think as much as I want to say it's going to be a fast start, I do think it's going to kind of be a sluggish start, maybe probably for both teams, um, just because it's one less day to prepare, one less day to get your bodies ready for a game. But I will keep chugging the Mickey Joseph Kool-Aid. So we'll go with uh we'll go we'll go a little greedy. We'll go uh 41 28. I now we'll go 42 28. 42 28 uh Nebraska win. Over to you Nate. All right, yeah. I think that's <clears throat> kind of the direction I was going. I know last week I picked against Nebraska. You're welcome everyone. Um <laughs> but I really I really just wanted to see, you know, how this team would come out and perform after, you know, having a bye week, having some time to kind of get within Mickey's system. And uh I I was really pleased with what I saw against Indiana. It really 
like Zach said, it kind of instilled my hope again <laughs> in the Nebraska football team and uh, just being able to watch a competent uh, football team. And so I think I'm going to go back on to the optimistic kick here. I'm going to join you, Andy, in picking Nebraska, and I'm going to go 37-28. Ooh, good score, good score. Yeah. 37-28. All right. You kind of stole what I was going to do, but I kind of <laughs> No, like Zach it. was going 90 to nothing. Scourge by <laughs> 90. <laughs> I thought about it on Sunday. And then I was like, no, no, I probably better be a little more realistic. Um, 85. It's fine. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Maybe 80. Let's let's be, let's be real. Uh, no, actually I am thinking that this is going to be, uh, this is going to sound weird, but it's going to be a rebound game. I think for Rutgers, because we are not Ohio state. Don't know if you guys knew that, but we are not Ohio state. So I think they're going to come out, look to play hard. They're going to look to play fast. And uh, they're probably going to catch us a little bit. Um, and I think they're going to be still, I still don't think they're going to win it because I think Nebraska has that momentum from their first game. They finally were able to get over the hump of getting that win. And I think they're going to carry that into this week. Uh, I'm, you know, I think the players are going to be fired up and ready to go. Um, and I think they're going to overcome any kind of adversity that comes their way. They've shown they can do it. I think they're going to continue to build on it. And so my prediction, uh, very close to Nate's, but I was going to go 38-28 for mm-hmm. the Huskers. Um, price is right over here. <laughs> I think, uh, I think you know, I think we'll see a good amount of touchdowns. I think our offense has good game plans, good schemes. I think they're going to get in the end zone quite a bit, and they're going to, you know, I, I'm just assuming they're going to finish out the game with a, <laughs> with a nice little uh, field goal. Um, I think we'll look at it as like this is Rutgers' first Big Ten defense of not great caliber that they're going to face. Obviously, Iowa, regardless of how many wins and the offensive crap that Iowa is, I mean, their defense is still probably one of the top five, if not top ten in the nation for sure. Um, Ohio State, I assume they just have a good off defense because they're Ohio State. Obviously, their offense is really good. But... I think we can just sum that one up by Ohio State's just good. Yeah. I mean, so this is, this is probably the first defense Rutgers will play that is not top-tier caliber of Big Ten play. So, you know, that's probably a reason why for a little bit higher score on Rutgers end that we're giving them um, when they've only scored 10 the past two games. But just we just we know our team so far, so we think there's going to be a little bit of leeway, but you know, just the the old Bob Diaco bend don't break or the Swiss cheese defenses they love to call it. I think this is going to be really closely. Even, I mean, you know, we're we're predicting you know over over ten points here. Well, except for Nate, but we're you know yeah. we're expecting <laughs> us to us to win by ten or more. Right. But I think this is going to be the most closely matched that you know outside of Indiana. I think this is another really closely matched game for Rutgers and for us. And I think this is the perfect game for Nebraska to build upon the success they had last week. And yes, I understand, you know, the point is always going to be, it was just Indiana, but Hey, a win's a win. And we take those as a hot commodity around here right now. Cause we haven't had very many. So I'm going with it. And I, I'm excited to watch this game. And I think, I think both you guys are too. And I think it's going to mm-hmm. be a lot of fun. Yep. Yep. So I think with that, 
we'll just kind of do some quick college football whip around here. Um, outside of, you know, just the scores for Saturday, I think outside of that, kind of the bigger ones that have come out is one of them that will impact Nebraska and just the Big Ten in general is Wisconsin firing Paul Christ uh, after what I think it was like 67 and 28 or overall record at Wisconsin, very similar to Bo Pelini, who I think was 66 and 29 um, type equivalent record. So a lot of rumblings and shakings up there in Wisconsin, which will definitely affect the Nebraska coaching search now, because now you add kind of a more, I guess in terms of stability, a more less rebuild Wisconsin team that you would probably have to go through than if you were to take the Nebraska job. Um, they're going to be, I mean, similar as to us. I mean, they're going to throw a lot of money at whoever they decide to hire. Um, but, you know, for a while there, kind of the first couple of weeks, like Nebraska was just the top tier program. Like, yes, we had like the best job on the market right now. Now Wisconsin's probably trumping that just a little bit, just because there's probably whoever takes that job, unless you're going to rebuild the entire offensive scheme that they've always run, there's probably less rebuild, less players you got to get, uh, go, uh, get going for that. But obviously that's the biggest news of the in terms of coaching fires. Colorado also fired their coach, but they were, they've been a dumpster fire for quite some time since playing us. And that that's also a nice little note is when we play Colorado next year, there'll be two brand new head coaches facing each other. Um, whether it be Mickey or somebody else, but definitely just two brand new coaches uh, going into that matchup next year. But, you know, just add another team to the coaching list. But I think the Wisconsin firing is probably the biggest one that impacts Nebraska, just because it'll affect who we also go after. Um, especially if a lot of folks want Lance Leipold, um, obviously five and zero at Kansas right now ranked for the first time in probably since 2009 as well for that. But um, for those who don't know, Lance Leipold is a Wisconsin native. So that kind of adds a little bit of mix into, yeah, if you want him to come to Nebraska, now he's got his home state that has a job opening. So if Wisconsin probably is eyeing that one a lot, unless their interim coach does really well and they decide to keep him, like, you know, maybe Mickey does too. But that's something that I think we just got to keep an eye on going forward. Um, obviously, Brett Bielema's fighting Illini now looks a lot scarier when they come to Lincoln <laughs> and play us. They got Paul, they got him fired essentially because they beat Wisconsin 34 to 10 in camp Randall, which I think that would probably be hard to do. I would imagine it'd be hard to do beat anybody at camp Randall, but Illinois went in there and thrashed them for that. Michigan looks as good as ever. Um, so that's also going to be a scary game. Purdue I thought Minnesota was going to win the West until Purdue decided to say, Hey, wait there a second. We're, we're in this uh, now <laughs> that I watched that game. It was a very ugly game. It was very big 10 esque type uh game. I think that was what 20 to 10 or something like that. Yeah. 20 to 10, a uh, very big 10 esque type game. Uh, so very on brand for that. And then, uh, Adrian Martinez still doing Adrian Martinez things, keeping Kansas state, ranked keeping them alive and then the Oklahoma loss is now suddenly getting worse and worse as they got absolutely thrashed by TCU um which Nate mentioned earlier that game day is now going to Lawrence for the first time ever 
to watch your Rock Chalk Jayhawks 5 and 0 take on I think what 4 5 and 0 TCU as well yep. or they're yep. 4 and 1 Still but 5 and 0. Yeah, so that's that is going to be just a weird electric atmosphere in Lawrence. I'm not even sure what game day is like there for football. I'm sure they don't even know what it's like until that happens, but uh, just a couple of that was a couple of just quick notable games um, in terms of just kind of close to home Big Ten teams uh, for that. But pass it to Nate there. Uh, if he has any just college football roundup thoughts or anything about the Wisconsin job opening that will affect us too. Yeah, I think I'll just go straight into scores. I know the um, Minnesota one is the one that stood out most to me. I know they're uh, running back Mo Ibrahim. Ibrahim. Mm-hmm. He was out for that game. Uh, I believe it was some sort of ankle or leg injury. Uh, they didn't necessarily disclose and hear anything specific on what it was, but that'll be certainly something to monitor uh, moving forward. I Which, think he was dressed, but I don't think he played. So. Yes, I did. They did. They showed him on the sideline in uniform, like pads and everything, too. Uh, yeah. But on the bench. So obviously, that game probably goes different for Minnesota if he's available. Because mm-hmm. he's very much on Anthony Grant's type level running back. Um, probably just put him above Anthony Grant because obviously he's been playing FBS longer than Anthony Grant mm-hmm. has. But um, very similar in terms of just hard running style, shifty uh, type running back. But yeah, that game probably goes different if he's healthy for Minnesota as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I mean, just looking forward, I mean, we will be playing Minnesota in a few games. And so just seeing if he's able to get healthy or stay healthy even uh, could be a difference maker in how our game eventually evolves with them uh, in a few weeks here as well. So it'll be certainly one storyline monitor. I know uh, another one I was int- intrigued by was uh, UCLA staying 5-0. and They beat Washington, uh, number 15 Washington, pretty handily. Uh, do, we, do we just have to be a better basketball school to get a better football record? Because I hope not. <laughs> <laughs> because like yeah syracuse is 5-0 and as well and these are like yeah. dominant football like basketball programs that are like now doing really well in football <laughs> man i hope not unless we take a wide like a massive jump forward in basketball <laughs> maybe that's been the secret to our uh non-success huh we just we need a better basketball team i guess Bring back you got it boyberg <laughs> <laughs> Oh, Timmy Miles. <laughs> <laughs> also, fun fact about UCLA, and I don't know how much there was to this, but I just thought this was kind of funny, is that before Scott Frost was officially rumored to come here, there were talks that Chip Kelly would come to Nebraska. So. <laughs> Wolf. So, I mean, he had, I a, few, like he had a few He had a few rough years at UCLA, but he's obviously doing okay now. So, mm-hmm. who knows? <laughs> Yeah. What but could have been? Anyway, I'll give it back to you, Nate. Sorry, I just had I had to get that in there. <laughs> now the only other game that really stood out to me was the uh, Dave Aranda Bowl, where he faced off against Mike Gundy, and ended up losing that game uh, by eleven. But that could God, ultimately end up working. Would be, in... That would be a trip. <laughs> I don't know what would be behind that one. But... <laughs> Uh, maybe with Dave Aranda losing a game or game or two here and there. I mean, obviously you want him to have a decent season if he does ultimately come here, but uh, 
we also want him to be gettable if uh, he is mm-hmm. available and uh, Mickey doesn't pan out. But uh, that was just one other score that kind of stood out to me. But uh, with that, I'll go ahead and pass it over to Zach for any of his thoughts on some football from over the weekend. Yeah. Uh, so one that I thought was interesting, just because I know we talked about it a short bit, was Old Miss beating Kentucky uh, because of all the rumors with you know, Lane Kiffin supposedly sending smoke screens about coming to Nebraska and all that. I was like, man, wouldn't that be funny? Um, uh, that's that's one that people have been, you know, kind of uh, hitting the rumor mill hard with Lane Kiffin coming to Nebraska. Obviously, this whole rumor mill is going to be going on for at least another two months. You know, we aren't going to hear all anything the way probably until November. until November. Yeah. So, I mean, we could we can sit here and speculate all we want, but I just thought that one was fun after the whole after the whole week leading up to it, you know, with him talking about he didn't say anything specifically about Nebraska, but he I think retweeted an article or something like that about it. But um the other one, not so much really affecting us, but just something that I thought was uh interesting or maybe noteworthy was Georgia eking out a win against Missouri. Yeah. After last week, I said, well, Missouri's the bottom feeder of the SEC, <laughs> and then they go out and almost win against Georgia, and I'm like, really? I mean, you, Andy? <laughs> I mean, uh, I, didn't, I didn't get to watch the game, but I you know, just kept the score up on my phone on ESPN just because I was interested, and that was one I didn't expect to go down the way it did. Um, you know, I obviously expected kind of an Alabama-Arkansas score, 49-26 for those that don't know the Alabama score there. Um, obviously Alabama won well because of, because of how Georgia played, uh, Alabama is now number one in the AP poll. Probably no shock to anybody, but, nope. um, Ohio state is still at number three and Michigan is at number four. So if, if nothing else, you know, two big 10 teams in the top five, that's, that's still pretty big. We're um, going to be the trap game for Michigan before I, they play Ohio state. I, I hope so. <laughs> Wouldn't that be funny? Um, no, I mean, um, you know, Rutgers getting blown out by Ohio State uh, wasn't really necessarily noteworthy, but I think it. I think it's noteworthy in the sense that I think Rutgers is going to look to turn it around, and they play us. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Outside of that, um, I don't think I have anything else. You guys got any other final closing points before we wrap this thing up? Go big red. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> All right. Well, then with that, uh, we'd like to thank everybody for joining us. Uh, For those that are maybe new to us, please consider looking us up on our socials. Uh, We are on Facebook and Twitter. Um, I'd give those links, but they're a little long. Honestly, just search up Nebraska Abilities Podcast, and you should be able to find us. Um, But yeah, and then um, also check us out on YouTube if you're a fan of uh, video podcasts. We have uh, our stuff there. Um, and with that, we will close it out and we thank you for joining us. I am Zach with my hosts, Andy and Nate, and always remember if it's a possibility, it's a Nebraska ability.